Wellness Force Radio, Episode 7. The unquantifiable human heart, supported by husbands and friends and family, um, allow you to do sort of more with less via technology and sort of hacking the Olympics. And that was the story, and nobody knew it. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back to another exciting, educational, and informational show. I'm your host, Josh Trent, and every week we bring you inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change to empower you with the knowledge and tools on how to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Before we get to the show, I want to thank you for tuning in. It's been just four days of being live on iTunes. We've already had hundreds of downloads and over 20 unique five-star reviews, so thank you for your support of this show, and even more for joining a group of people who care about being the best person they can be and empowering better wellness through technology. Today on the show, I have not one, but two United States Olympians and filmmakers, Sky and Tamara Christopson. Sky and Tamara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. Thanks. This is going to be great. We just spent uh, almost uh, three or four days together at QS. And before we dive in, I just want to read your bio so the listener can get a pulse on what you've both been up to. So a quick background on Sky. He's been called a wonder kid by New York Times, recently voted fifth nationwide in top 40 under 40 in healthcare innovation. He's a current world record holder and was a member of the U.S. cycling team's Project 96 prior to the 1996 Olympics. Frustrated by rampant doping culture and cycling, Sky returned after after the 2000 Olympics and dedicated his career in search for a better solution. In 2011, he broke a world record using digital health, an approach inspired by Dr. Eric Topol. This experiment was the genesis of a project that helped athletes win medals at the 2012 London Olympics, receiving international media and featured in the documentary film Personal Gold. Sky's been a featured speaker at health and tech conferences ranging from the New York Digital Health Conference, Quantified Self, TEDx, and more. Background on Tamara, Tamara Christopson is also a U.S. Olympian who competed in sprint kayak in the 2000 Sydney Games. She's been featured worldwide in media, including the Today Show, NBC, ESPN, CNN, and the Financial Times, Wired, and Esquire magazine. Tamara speaks on a wide range of topics, including the role of women in technology and sports. She is the president at the Southern California Olympians and Paralympians and is the director of the breakthrough documentary, Personal Gold. You guys, that was quite the mouthful. And I have to say, uh, you know, by getting to know you both over the course of this past year, all of these different facts that you have really talk to your professionalism. But today, I'm excited to explore the story of both of you and how you came to fruition as Olympic athletes and filmmakers. So we're excited and honored to have you guys here. Yeah, we're excited to be here, Josh. Thanks for having us. Now, before we jump into what quantified self is, a few people that are listening to this show may not even know what that term is. I know in this world of quantified self, it's a unique blend of people that have academia and, and a lot of athletic backgrounds, but we're also going to dive into what these fitness devices and apps mean for the world and then talk about your story and experience training these Olympians from the 2012 cycling team. But before we do that, I'm always fascinated by the story. So maybe we can start with Tamara, your story before the Olympics, before the film credits, 
What was your personal story on this road to essentially your own personal gold? Yeah, thank you. And good morning or afternoon to all your listeners, wherever you may be listening to this amazing podcast. Thanks for having us. And, you know, the quantified self was something that we found as athletes to be kind of like a second home. As athletes, we'd always been keeping these massive Excel spreadsheets. And we were sort of the, you know, the super geeks of the sports, because if you could measure it, you could improve it. And that's what we always found doing Olympic sport. And in our era, we didn't actually have a whole lot of access to these tools because they didn't exist. And so it's been totally incredible to see the evolution of the quantified self grassroots movement. You know, it really evolved into things that we see every day, like the the Misfit wearable, the Apple Watch, you know, the jawbone trackers, everything that you can buy in a store as as a consumer is a result, I think, of the quantified self movement, which is asking that same question. If you can measure it, can you improve it? Um, as athletes before, we were really just guessing. And so we relied a lot on experience and uh, coaches and kind of a, a, you know, a folklore or even voodoo around our sports. <laughs> and so this this democratization and this approach really puts hard data behind things that before we were just guessing. And so it's an amazing, amazing evolution and a pleasure to be involved in the way that we can now look and see our data as individuals. It's amazing. Yeah. And honestly, which I'll touch on later in the show, it's impacted me greatly, not only the film, but just knowing you both. And Sky, I'm interested in your kind of personal story. I know we talked about your athletic pursuits, but personally, you both met at UCSD, right? Actually, we met at the Olympic Training Center in San Diego, just down south by Otay Lakes. Ah, the and border, when, yeah. Yes. So there's an official Olympic Training Center, and all the different sports get together and have training camps there. There are some that are residents, and that's how we met. And then once we retired from sport, uh, yes, we went to school at UCSD there in La Jolla. Awesome. And coming up to your pursuits in academia versus your pursuits in athletics, what was that like, you know, being an athlete, meeting another athlete? Was that kind of a unique moment for both of you? I mean, this isn't something that you typically hear of. Yeah, I usually credit the Olympic Training Center with helping me find my perfect match. And that's something that, you know, is everyone looks for and it can be hard to do. But I think when you have an institution like that filtering, you know, you kind of get like these, you know, very steadfast, high perseverance people. Some other would say a little bit OCD and crazy, (laughs) but, you know, found, found my match there. And that, that was, um, really powerful, you know, and how we've been able to sort of carry that, this shared passion we have for amateur and Olympic sport into, you know, all of these professional spheres. That's awesome. And, and, you know, something that comes up for me, just knowing you both and spending some time this past weekend was how poised and how much, how much you can draw back on for almost decades plus of experience in athletics at the Olympic level. How would you say either Sky or Tamara, how would you say that that allows you to position yourself now when speaking to people who aren't necessarily athletes? How do you relate to people who aren't athletes, but still are interested in this technology? One of the questions we always get is, look, I'm not an Olympic athlete. Why, why would I need all of this stuff? And really the reason why we decided to make personal gold is that word personal is really, really empowering. 
I think for me and for anyone else and for women especially watching this movie, at the end of it, what you feel, what you feel after seeing what these you know women have gone through, who by any measure are not the favorites. You know, somebody here in Hollywood said we should have called it too fat and too old. Um, <laughs> and obviously we're not going to do that, but <laughs> that's not movie, as catchy. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The, the movie is really trying to illuminate a, a universal concept, which I think is an intimate look at what are our individual strengths? How can we do more with less? How can we do this while not cheating ourselves And I think there's a lot of shortcuts in this era, but I think the quantified self and digital health tools and wearables are a way to empower the individual to, you know, tell their own underdog story and to have their own story of empowerment through data, not drugs. And looking at too how large the quantified self has grown over the past three years, this year, this was the third year. So before then, how have you both, maybe this question's for Sky. Sky, how have you seen this quantified self movement grow since its inception? I think it was 2009. Yeah, it's been amazing. It started in a living room, the rumor has it, and Tim Ferriss and Gary Wolf and Kevin Kelly uh, got together and, and really they visited this core question, you know, which is asking something about yourself. Uh, finding a way to measure it, and then reporting what you learned. And that model, that sort of salon conversational model, has grown from a living room now to a worldwide movement, which is, that's really the, the impressive part. It's amazing to see so many people come together. And I think there's two conferences, right? One in Europe and one in the USA? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. And so we have people on a global scale that are essentially looking for mindfulness. I look at these devices and I see the power that these devices had for Olympic athletes. And that's really what I'll touch on later, where the average person can drastically benefit from these two. A quick quote on the movie, actually, from, from Gary Wolf at Wired Magazine. This is a quote from one of the th- people in that living room you were mentioning. So he, he says, personal gold is much more than a must-see Olympic story. It's a film that expertly explores the intersection of sports, science, and ingenuity. For these women, quantified self-techniques meant the difference between standing on the sidelines and standing atop a podium. Tamara, you were the director of this film. Can you touch on kind of how that started for you? Did you know that it was going to happen or did it just have kind of a life of its own? Gosh, you know, I think most documentary filmmakers come to a story some, most of the time, 30, 40 years after the subject has done the thing that tells the story. And something I think that's really evolved because of digital technology with cameras, with the ability to produce something in real time it allowed us to capture the story as it was happening. And in the true quantified self you know, form, what did you measure, how did you measure it, and what did you learn? We measured the experience of being an underdog and being empowered by data and then letting that experiment play out at the Olympic Games on the most widely watched international sport stage. And that was really the story that came out of that massive quantified self conversation. And so... We knew, first of all, that this show-and-tell, as the quantified self calls it, had to be put into a documentary. And we wanted, of course, to make it as as viewable as possible. So, of course, we we had a 36-hour version, first of all, and we thought, oh, yeah, this will be great. It'll be episodes. (laughs) Um, But then we we had some discipline, and we cut it down to a a watchable iTunes or Netflix feature-length documentary of 88 minutes. And we've even been asked to cut it down even further to a 56, you know, 55 minute broadcast version so that 
the widest possible viewership can have a look at the quantified self process and story in the context of the Olympic Games. And so personally, from a personal standpoint, I knew the story had to be told because right after they won their silver medal, spoiler alert, the news stories were, you know, I was a little insulted as a female athlete, as somebody who'd been behind the scenes with them, seen them go from 50 to 1 odds to winning a silver medal. And the headlines, the, the, you know, the normal media headlines were, U.S. women fail to win gold medal. And I was just sort of sitting there thinking, no, no, you have got the wrong story, as usual. And the real story was this incredible empowerment underdog, intimate look at what fair play can do and what the unquantifiable human heart supported by husbands and friends and family um, allow you to do sort of more with less via technology and sort of hacking the Olympics. And that was the story. And nobody knew it because it had just been us and the women and their husbands and a few other staffers there in, in Spain. And we had captured it. We were the only crew that was there capturing the story. So I really wanted to allow everybody to see what you can do if you believe and if you put, you know, surrounding yourself with people who believe in that same dream and if you empower yourself with this technology. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. The first time I saw the film, it had such a dramatic impact. And there's so many parallels that can be drawn, not just from sport, but other challenges and obstacles that people face in life. So, you know, I think there's a, a hashtag that I've seen, you know, what is your personal goal or what's the hashtag <laughs> for that, the, the actual hash? Yeah, there's several. Uh, hashtag my personal gold is sort of the the invitation for people to tell their own story. And we've had so many people come back after, you know, six months after seeing the film. And I'll get these emails or uh, Twitter stories where people who have seen the film, and this is reviewers, this is like actual film critics, this is audience members, this is one of our sponsors, Datamere. People have been inspired to take up a bike, start running, do triathlons, do a 5K, do a marathon. In some cases, go back to their dream of becoming a professional athlete. You know, so that's my personal goal right there is, is just having that dream rekindled. And it's really, really gratifying. You know, lots of films have the goal of, of winning awards and winning an Oscar, something along those lines, right? That's a typical win for a film. But really, our win is when we get one of those emails that somebody has said, look, I've changed my life because this film empowered me to do that. Mm, powerful. And, and it's not just about the technology, too. It's about harnessing and using this technology in whatever phase of life someone's in. So, Sky, you know, when we look at this technology in regards to wearables, is there a handful of key wearable sensors or devices right now that you think can benefit the average person the most? Absolutely. Uh, when we talk about the quantified self and, you know, having attended this conference, a global conference and expo just a few days ago, what's really apparent and clear is that the movement is about awareness, right? And what you're doing with any of this fancy technology at a very basic level is you're shifting awareness and you're bringing mindfulness in certain areas of your life. And that shift in awareness is going to be different for each person, right? It's, we all have our strengths and weaknesses and it's really about identifying that weakness and then asking a question that can address that and give you a breakthrough in that, in that area and finding a piece of technology 
to help answer that question, right? And so for some people, that's getting up and moving more. You might have something like a misfit. You know, it's a simple device, doesn't need to be charged, uh, shows you your activity per day, your, your basic sleep cycles. You know, it's really, really, really easy to use all the way to, you know, let's say diet, you know, somebody who's having feeling crashes of energy through the day or even feeling, uh, you know, diabetic or pre-diabetic. If, uh, you know, using a sensor like Dexcom for continuous glucose monitoring or having their, their blood biomarkers done by a company like Inside Tracker or Wellness Effects, there are all kinds of different tools in each of these areas. And the power of these, like, I love how you put that too. People are just actually increasing the awareness of themselves. So the tag for one of, one of the things that quantified self is known for is self-knowledge through numbers. So this isn't just a movement that's burgeoning for people that are left brain. This is for people that just want to have greater insights into how they're being in their life. So I'm, I'm thinking of something that I, I had a discussion when I was at QS and it was around events. It was this gentleman who had actually created a, um, the gene trainer. So the gene trainer, very similar to what 23andMe is doing, but he's trying to personalize it on a different level. His story, though, is that he had a setback. Has there been anyone that you've met from this movie that has shared a setback with you that this movie then helped them to inspire to overcome? Definitely in not just in the athletic community, but I think that um, setbacks for women, for, for men too, but for women, you know, we have a whole monthly hormonal cycle. That has been one of the big blind spots of the quantified self movement. And it's getting better. You know, we have the QSXX group who specifically looks at, at the conversations that women are having. But more importantly, I think for devices, there's two things. Women are very, it's shown that women are very, very good at collecting data, sharing stories, and purchasing things. You know, we're good at buying stuff. And so the more device makers that can pay attention to, I think, the questions that women are asking. And we ask a lot of questions about setbacks. You know, we're, we're very interested in our own evolution and our own empowerment. And I think that devices can help us answer those questions about what setbacks we're having, whether it's through our, you know, our physical fitness or our abilities to be better professionals or better mothers or better family members. And the more that, that as women, we can answer those questions, and especially through, through the objective data that devices provide, I think the better off we'll be in answering whatever question we're, we're looking at with, with setbacks and be able to catapult beyond that. Sure. And it, and it also depends on, you know, what the person is willing to actually know about yourself. I mean, as you mentioned, the, the data it doesn't lie. So women are busier than I think they've ever been. And I think right now, the, the power of this data and the power of these wearables can be something that's not anecdotal. I mean, if somebody's busy, they don't know what they did last Tuesday. When you have something that can send you the push notification at the right time, that's a, a lot more powerful than just kind of thinking, oh, I, I guess I've been a certain way. Would you guys touch on that for a bit and, and maybe what that might mean for the future of this movement? One of our partners, Dexcom, they've got a great story. And for athletes, it's allowed us to really hone in on not really necessarily the types of food or the diet or the drink mix or the protein you know, per brand, but really what it's doing to our blood and what it's, what it's doing on the inside of our body. So what's actually happening, not, you know, what the, the advertisement says is going to happen. And they come from a very, you know, they come from a medical background, they're a diabetes device. But for us, for athletes, it was a huge, huge eye opener. And 
I think one of the things that they've really communicated is the ability for the device to change lives. And one of the, you know, they have a lot of celebrities that use it, but one of them is a millennial. He's, um, he's a Jonas brother and he's type one diabetic. For him, having a device to illuminate what actually was happening on a minute per minute basis with his blood was a total game changer. You know, having something that was continuous. Uh, those those lifestyles, as we're now experiencing through all of the different film festivals that we go to and events that we go to, that is a very hectic lifestyle to to Absolutely. be running events and to be you know managing your energy and, and just as an athlete and a regular person, but as a diabetic. And so I think with devices like that that give you continuous you know minute by minute data that's that's really really objective. It allows you to make active decisions and be a part of managing your own health rather than having an accident or a mistake happen and ending up in the ER, which is what we're all really trying to avoid. And it brings up something that I think Sky has talked about before when you were going through a lot of work. I think you had both formed a startup. And Sky, I think, can you touch on the story that you had where you actually had to check yourself into a medical facility? Here you are, an Olympic athlete, but you found yourself in the back of an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty terrifying. I went from elite athlete and you know retired after the 2000 Olympics and uh, finished school at UCSD and did an internet startup in Seattle. And you know, of course, as athletes, we dive in headfirst and put the blinders on and you know want to really push the limits. And what that meant in that culture was you know 36 hour coding sessions, uh, pulling all nighters, diet was really poor, and what I was surprised by was how fast my body fell apart during that that stressful process. And a little over a year into it, I was in an ambulance riding to the ER because I had these chest pains radiating in, in, in my shoulder and everyone thought I was having a heart attack. Well, it turned out that I was fine. They said it was stress. But, you know, the doctor in a two-minute conversation sort of gave me this list of drugs, like here's how to get your blood pressure down, here's how to get reduce your stress. And Josh, I felt like I was right back where I left sport. It was like, here, take a pill and we'll solve all these issues, Ugh. right, with, with a drug. And that was my biggest frustration with sport. And now here I am in this medical system, you know, really for the first time seeing oh, wow, the drug is still the solution. And that's right where I met Dr. Eric Topol um, just a week later at a TEDx talk in San Diego. And this whole, he had this whole data-driven uh, health vision. And you know, I was literally at the edge of my seat. I thought, this, this is the solution right here. Not, not giving people drugs in a two-minute conversation, but getting real data that contextualizes, you know, even if it's for a doctor, that better contextualizes someone's life and addressing these things you know, through lifestyle first and foremost and not drugs. It's very compelling too, because the contrast of the training and the lifestyle that you had done based on where you found yourself in that moment, did you know that in the next, you know, five and plus years that you would be using data to actually impact your own health? Or was that just, was that something that you were already doing at that time? I had no idea. I mean, I thought that the data was just for sport, for elite athletes, because, you know, we track our heart rate, we look at our, our power wattage. And I thought this startup and sort of professional culture would be different, right? Because when we immersed, the whole conversation around performance is around 
the metrics of your business, right? The KPIs are like, you know, how many new customers did you get? What was your acquisition? What was your, you know, gross revenue? What was your net revenue per month? Nothing was in the conversation around employee or founder or contractor health and, and well-being, you know, yet these are the most valuable resources of a company and yet there's no data being tracked on it. So, you know, that is really where when Topol sort of laid out that vision, I saw, wow, this is the same thing. You know, we can bring this data into even, even as non-athletes into a professional setting and increase business performance. To me, that's, that's remarkable because I'd seen them as separate before and now this sort of brought it full circle and pulled everything back together. Yes. And combining those two worlds, I mean, when we talk about quantifying, I think that we'll see the corporate wellness space be completely revolutionized by tracking. One thing that a CEO loves is data. So if we can actually get information on employees and and how those employees are showing up to work, what they're doing outside of work. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you can touch on this. Do you think that that wearable sensors will become an integral part of corporate wellness, or do you think that that will kind of be uh, as as we've heard a quote fade or or a, or something that passes on? No, I think I think every proje- every projection that I've read and and um, have talked with people about, you know, I think that the projection is is upwards. And there's a couple of reasons, and I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert in how many units are going to be shipped, but I think you can get that data really easily. But what I what I do hear a lot, and I travel to Silicon Valley and San Francisco, and I'm in LA, and all the areas where there is immense pressure, just like there is on athletes, immense pressure to perform in the business world, and there's a lot of, I guess, shortcuts or silver bullets, and what that looks like in reality. You know, while it's not the Olympics and we're not taking an oath that we're not going to do drugs, what that looks like many times when it shows up as is, um, is doping, whether it's, you know, in business or in sport, doping is a challenge. And, and we have a lot of conversations around not the moral issue, but the health impact. And mm-hmm. is it sustainable? You know, you've got to cycle these things. It's, it has all kinds of consequences that you don't really want to deal with. You know, for a man, there's a lot of estrogenic effects that can that can happen from doping, and to get a leg up in the business world, you know, there's a lot of um, quick fixes. And I think, well, like I said, it's not a moral judgment in in the business world. It it's not a free lunch, and so we're looking at devices and data and objective data about your own well being and your own health as maybe a more sustainable performance tool. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to share what knowing both of you has done for me and and the impact that you've both had on my life. I'm doing this not just to focus on me, but just to share this message so that the listener can connect why I'm doing this show in the first place. So this is back in 2014. I I had seen a, a private screening of Personal Gold, which essentially changed my life. I, I, I knew I was moved deeply, but like most authentic shifts, I didn't exactly know what happened until it kind of hit me all at once. About a week after seeing the film, I attended a sound healing and meditation session here in San Diego. And on the way home, I literally had one of those moments where like a lightning bolt went off in my head. I had to pull over. I had to ask my girlfriend to record all my ideas on an iPhone. I, I knew that this quantified self-technology could help Olympic athletes. But I wondered at that moment, you know, what could this same tech do for 
for the average person. I had this clear vision of learning everything I could possibly know and digging for the answers and becoming someone who people can trust about, you know, using this tech to transform themselves because I wanted to transform what I was doing first. So this led me down this road of self-experimentation and research. I made a total shift in my business. I actually left the endurance sports software and went back into being a wellness professional and a fitness trainer. So since watching this film, I've changed my career, my training. I've launched this podcast. So Sky, Tamara, thank you for putting out this inspirational force to the public. I know if it affected me to transform my thinking and how I live, it is definitely going to do the same for others. So thank you both. You know, you're welcome. And I think that you just told the story of, of that hashtag, the my personal gold. And, um, I think it's been exactly one year since that screening. Uh, back yeah, in, I think it in, has, right? Just a little over a year, yeah. Yeah, I get a little bit emotional when I hear things like that because as an Olympian, I think your whole, your purpose after competing is to, is to inspire and affect active change in people's lives that allow them to, to be called into something larger than themselves and to feel what that, that Olympism feels like, to be constantly pulled out of bed towards something that you can't exactly explain, but you know is important. And it's, it always feels like you're connected to something larger than yourself. And there's nothing more gratifying in the world, I think, than feeling that you're bringing the best of yourself, that unique self that you bring to the world, into the world. And it's personalized and it's individual. And, and nobody is average because not any one of us is, is alike. And I think that's what the quantified self movement is teaching us is to find a way to to really optimize and, and strengthen and empower those individual strengths that we all have and bring them into the world. I love that you said that everyone's story is different. I mean, that's why everyone has their own personal gold. Someone's my, my personal gold was being the best I could be and, and trying to help people in this wellness space. But personal gold could also be a mom that wants to be the best mom she can possibly be. So everyone, everyone that's going to see this film, I, I would implore everyone to go and try to attend a film screening. We'll make sure to put all the screening in the show notes and the information for personal gold in the show notes. But I want to ask you guys just, just last two questions and then we'll let you go. If you could go back at, and tell yourself one thing uh, at the age of 21, what would it be? And we'll, we'll have Sky go first. At 21. Wow. I haven't had this question in a while. If I could get the same kind of portrait about my daily life that I'm able to have now, that, that, that would be my wish. And there, there were so many things that I was doing as an athlete and as a student that were based on tradition, that were, you know, maybe even invisible to me, completely outside of my awareness, like, you know, how consistent my sleep cycles were, or something we learned through the data recently, which is how important it is just a simple walk in the sunlight early in the morning, and how that can anchor your circadian rhythm and affect your sleep later that night, and all of these hundreds of other, you know, biological processes, something as simple as that. And yet at 21 year old, years old, I had, I had no data, I had no portrait about, you know, what my lifestyle choices were actually uh, doing and impacting in, in my health and performance. Well, when I was 21, I was competing at the Olympics. And I think looking back, being empowered by being an underdog 
And I think, I think that a lot of athletes, I haven't met one single Olympian or, or professional athlete who hasn't at some point in their life been an underdog or had an underdog story. And I think that is a great source of strength. I would really encourage my 21-year-old self to, um, to really be empowered by that and to use that as fuel. Yeah, and and just to just to finish that, to quote Jenny Reed, who's an Olympic medalist in our film Personal Gold, what she said was, "We have no way of fathoming what we're capable of, right? And because of that, there's no way we can set limits, and and those limits are 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 always self-imposed. And that to her point, I mean, I think a lot of us really set our own limits, and and the the strength of our own bodies naturally is so unfathomable. You know, Mark Devine um, with SealFed, who you know, Josh, does these, you know, these, these Kokoro, these sort of civilian SEAL training camps. And Mark was a key advisor that helped us, you know, with the team before London. And he calls it the 20X factor. And that's discovering really that you're 20 times more powerful than you ever thought possible, you know, in this, and through this unbeatable mind and the seal fit program that he has. And I think that's, that's it right there. That's the bottom line is that we, we can't imagine what we're capable of. And we just hope that this technology helps, you know, shift awareness, bring mindfulness and unlock some of this hidden potential as we're chasing our personal goals, right? God, I'm pumped up right now. I think when we're done, I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I want to go lift right now. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, um, guys, again, I want to honor you both for the the contribution of, of hope and inspiration that you're giving to, to myself on a personal level, but also to everyone that sees this movie and everyone that hears about this movie. So this, this mission of data not doping may apply to athletes, but on a personal level, I just want to thank you for some rebirth and, and some ultimate renewal in my life. So thank you very much. Oh, wow. You're so welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank, thanks, Josh, now for carrying this forward and creating this podcast and you know reaching and affecting hopefully millions of people out there. That is the goal. The ultimate goal would yes. be to empower a million lives for better wellness through technology. So we're, we're gunning for that. So where, where can the Perfect. listener more, learn more about you both and, and Personal Gold? Yeah, visit our website. It's personal-gold.com or personal-gold.com. And of course, our Facebook page, Personal Gold Film, and our Twitter at personal underscore gold. And uh, we have a lot of behind-the-scenes photos and inspirational quotes by the Olympians themselves. And you know, we also have lots of information about where the Olympians are doing their next appearance, how you can meet them what they're up to in their own lives and their own sporting lives. So check out the website and, um, and our Twitter handle. And of course we have just gotten into Instagram. So we are doing the, my personal gold campaign on Instagram where you're uploading a video or a photo of yourself on Instagram, showing us what your personal gold looks like and what you're gunning for. Awesome. Well, I will be sure to do that the day that this goes live and where's the next screening. Well, the, we have uh, film festivals that are, are coming up this fall and that we've, we've done 31 events so far. And we're looking towards a network broadcast right before the Rio Olympics next year. So up until the, the TV broadcast, you can see the film at different uh, festivals and events. And that's on that personal-gold.com website. Excellent. Well, we'll be sure to link that up. And Sky and Tamara Christopherson, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing what you're up to for 2015, 2016 and beyond. 
Definitely. You as well, Josh. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio. Radio.